verses 2 through 12, and you can also follow along either on your Bible or along the screen above. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. This is the word. Amen. Thank you. All right. Good morning, church. We will, um, today's message uh, actually will be finishing out the uh, mini-series that we've been doing, a little short series on heaven. And so today's the last uh, message that uh, is going to conclude that, you know. Um, gosh, this could be like a whole year's message. But, um, but you know, we've got we to gotta move on. And, and, and um, the time that we spent together is so, so good to just think about heaven. If you, you know, if it, you know we were kind of like pulling back the curtains a little bit from Scripture to see uh, what uh, is waiting for us after uh, we pass. And we talk about heaven and, we, and, and what, we, what we did was try to get a biblical perspective of what, what the Bible teaches about heaven so that not only we could have uh, what God says what heaven is, but we can anticipate it. And my hope is that you yearn and long for that while we are living here on earth. Because if we get that right, then it will completely uh, challenge and it will make uh, the way we live and make our decisions here it, it will challenge us, and I think, I know it will make us, uh, make, uh, allows us to make our decisions a little bit better, I think, more for kingdom-minded purpose. So, so um, uh, this is the last sermon, so let me just quickly review. We talked about the theology of heaven. That's why we spent some time thinking about what heaven is like according to what the Bible says and not what our culture dictates what heaven is, right? And then we, and the Bible teaches that it's the new heavens and the new earth, that the fact that heaven is not a cloud, but is really a city, in Revelation 21 says, uh, the city will come down, and thus it will be the new heavens and the new earth. Which, so therefore, we talked about the new earth, what that is like. And we said uh, it is a, a familiar place, and yet so different, because that's what the resurrection, not only uh, the world, but our bodies. We talked about that too, what our resurrected bodies are like. On the one hand, you know you could recognize me, and yet I'm so, I'll be so different. We will be so different. We would have glorified, resurrected bodies, and we talked about that. And now I want to uh, uh, talk about the life of this church, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, the life of heaven. Once, once people get there and populate heaven, I want to talk about the culture, the society in a brief way. What would our relationships be like? You know, some of you are married. Some of you have families. We definitely have friends. Will we recognize each other? What would society be like? What are we going to do there? Is it just boring? Are we going to sing Kumbaya for eternity? Or what is life really like uh, in heaven? So as I conclude today's message about heaven... In the series, I want to contemplate on what life is going to be like. Because we're, 
you know, we're supposing it's real. We're supposing that Jesus is getting ready for that place. And, you know, don't you hate New York construction everywhere? This has been an eternity construction, man, <laughs> from the time began. And it's going to be glorious. Construction is going to end. So what is that going to be like? How are we going to be, live in that place? Um, we're going to be, those who know Jesus and have placed our faith in him, we're going to not only populate heaven, but we're citizens of heaven. All right? Citizenship is what you get. And what do you do there? Just like what we do here when you're citizens of your country, you live, work, and play. Not just all work. I know some of you are only working. <laughs> and some of you, few of are only playing. <laughs> but when we combine all this together, we get to live, we get to work, and we get to play. All right? So I want to talk about that, all right? Um, um, before I say that, what we do here on earth does reflect heaven. But the scripture says, especially the Apostle Paul says, what we do here is a poor reflection of what it is like in heaven. As he says in 1 Corinthians that for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, this world. And then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part I shall know fully even as I am fully known. What happens here on earth, it is a reflection of heaven, but it's dim. And so that's why we don't get a full picture, but we do get a sense. You know, today uh, we uh, didn't do the Lord's Prayer. We usually do that. And, um, and there's a section of the Lord's Prayer that you know well that I want to talk about and, 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 and take that to our message today. So um, our, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer begins with what? Our Father, hallowed be thy name. On earth as is in heaven. Stop. Stop right there. I know he's supposed to go on, but stop right there. So, so the first part of uh, Lord's Prayer is about, you know, uh, hollowing. That is making God's name holy. Um, and, and we do it here on earth as it is in heaven. All right? And, and that's true because that's, in a sense, the purpose of our life, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And it's about God. Our, if When we become a Christian, it's about God. In heaven, it's all about God as well. But what we do here on earth also reflects heaven in the way that the name of God and his glory should reflect heaven. I would also take that understanding and analogy and, and, and think about the implications of that. So even, even the way we live on earth and the way we do things on earth will reflect heaven in the way Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, that what we do here on earth, as it is in heaven. So I want you to think about that. Because uh, uh, as we live, work, and play, and as you do life here on earth, there is, in a sense, it reflects heaven. And as we talk about heaven and society and what that uh, real world is like, I want to peer into heaven a little bit and see, and see the community at work, if you will. See what heaven is going to be like, what society in heaven is like. Because if heaven is real, and it is, we must then, by implication, live, work, and play in this world as it will reflect in heaven. That's what we're going to do this morning, all right? So the question, how will we live in this world? How will we work? And how will we ought to play, live, work, and play on earth as it reflects heaven, as it is in heaven? All right, that's the three things I want to drive home today. 
First one, how do we live on earth as it is in heaven? You want to know? Well, let's see what we could do. That's why we looked at the Beatitudes, all right? The Beatitudes, chapter 5, the Beatitudes, uh, there's a summary of it. The Beatitudes are uh, really a summary. The way I see the Beatitudes is these are moral values, if you will, all right? Same one, okay. These are moral values. And this is how uh, I feel like when Jesus gave us this talk, the Beatitudes in the first 12 verses are the values that is happening in heaven. He taught uh, it to us here on earth. And he begins by saying, blessed are those who do this. Blessed are those who live like this. And, and, and um, in the uh, Greek and slash Hebrew translation of that word blessed, it really means happy. So, you know, we all want to be happy in this world. Whether you're a Christian or not, we want to bless, you want, we want to, we want to uh, wish you happiness. There, there's tons of songs and uh, poetry written and talking about happiness because that is essentially what all human beings want. And Jesus says, you want to be happy? Here it is. <laughs> Blessed or happy are those who do this, who live out these values. And what happens in the rest of Matthew in chapters 5 through 7, it is an application, an elaboration of those who live this way according to the Beatitudes, all right? So what I want to say at this point is that these values, these Beatitudes are from heaven. Jesus uh, tells us that whoever, in fact, these are in a sense the basis of morality, virtue, our human ideals, and if we try to understand that and try to live it out, you become the best version of yourself just as a human being. And, and in a sense, it's not just limited to the church or believers. It's, it's a universal value that anyone in any tribe, tongue, and nations and culture live out these values. They will ideally um, you know, be the best human being on earth, if you will, all right? So because it's from heaven, and remember, we're all made in the image of God. So if we live this way, uh, it reflects the value of heaven. But, and I keep saying that because in heaven, everybody lives like this. Isn't that nice? Everyone who populates heaven, who are citizens of the heaven right now in society, as they live, work, and play there, this is how they are, you know? And you're going to actually like people when you get up there <laughs> because they're all nice. They are blessed here. But on this earth, it's a challenge, isn't it? On this earth, notice the paradox. You know, we, we want to get to heaven, but how do you get to heaven? Those who are poor in spirit. We all want to be comforted. How do you get comforted? Uh, you have to know how to mourn on this earth. Those who mourn will be comforted here and in on, on heaven. You, you want to be, inherit the earth? Jesus says, I'll give it to you, but you got to be meek. And that's what you got to exercise here on earth. You want to be satisfied? You want to be satiated? You want to be happy? you got to then hunger and thirst for righteousness. You want to receive mercy? You want, you want the government to have mercy on you? You know, you skipped your, I mean, anyway. <laughs> you got to be merciful, all right? Then you receive mercy. You want to see God in your prayer life, in your real life, as you go day by day? you got to be pure in heart. You want to be the children of God? You want to make sure you're God's child? Not everyone is a children of God, by the way. He says, then you got to be a peacemaker and ultimately receive the one who gives you peace. That's Jesus. So th this, is, this is what he's saying we got to do. So how do citizens of heaven uh, do life here on earth? I mean, 
these are given, it's hard, and we're working on that. But um, in heaven, this is an amazing thought. Everybody lives this way, all right? There's so many aspects to talk about what life is like in heaven. Uh, this, is, this is why this message, I struggle so much, because there's so much to talk about. I promise you we'll get out on time. But So I'm going to narrow it down to relationship. I think this, there's many, many things we need to talk about. But I want to focus on relationships, because this is how life is right now in heaven. And in fact, I would also say relationships in heaven is a premium. You know why? Because you know the commands. Jesus says, and Jesus summarized it, summarized the Old Testament, New Testament. Love God. He gave us the rules, gave the, all, all the Old Testament commands for that. And in the New Testament, Jesus sums it up, says, love others. And this is how you love others, because the way I loved you. So, so all of Bible, and if you will, all of God can be summed up as, and Jesus said it, love God and love others. So if Jesus gave this uh, command to us on earth, surely, just by logic and implication, this is, uh, this is the summation and this is the norm in heaven because that's what's happening there. So relationships. See, loving God is a relationship. Loving one another here on earth, that's a relationship. And surely relationship is premium in heaven. And if Jesus uh, uh, gave that to us, um, we have to experience well, let me, let me just say this. In heaven, imagine, again, this is an imagination because it doesn't happen here on earth. Imagine we experiencing the best of human relationships with one another and none of the worst part of relationships. That's why you don't like people. I know that. They beat up on you. They, they, they gossip against you. They betray you. How many of you have been hurt by that? All the hands go out, oh gosh, I know, I know. <laughs> but imagine in heaven, none of, that, none of that junk. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I, then I would actually love people. <laughs> heaven is not just about being with God. Life in heaven is to be with one another. You know, when I just, if, if I didn't say all that, and I just say you got to love one another in heaven, some of you are like, I'm not going to heaven because I don't like people. But it's not like that. That's why, you know, people don't come to church. <laughs> but what if, right? What if relationship with one another is a premium in heaven? Um, there's a lot of relationships there. You know, those of you who are married, you know, I would uh, oh, talk about that and how we relate with our children and siblings. I mean, all that will it, it'll come in play, in, but in different form. But let me just get to this part about relationship. And, and you know, meeting your loved ones, family, friends. Oh, guys, that, that's exciting. I can't wait. You know, and, and that's going to happen. We'll be reunited. Those of we have relationships here. We're going to be reunited. That's given. But there's also another exciting part about relationship in heaven that I want to focus here. You get to meet folks that you may or may not know. And they're not strangers anymore. I know, you know, you see strangers and, you know, we're taught not to get too close. But in heaven, any stranger you meet is going to be amazing. You know why? Because somehow there will be a, a, a connection. You know about the six degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon and all that, right? You're like, whoa, wow, how is that related to, you know, such and such? In heaven, um, 
we'll, we will, in a sense, be connected in some way, in the best way possible, all right? Again, I want to experience, emphasize, in heaven, we get to experience the best of human, human relationship and not the worst, so you don't have to be afraid. So, so, in a sense, every people that you meet in heaven is, is a communal aspect. And let me say it this way. When the final judgment comes, and it will come, we get this from Matthew 25, Jesus, first of all, separates the goat and the sheep. In other words, those who are with Christ and some and the others who are not. So he separates them. But after he separates the goat and the sheep, here are the sheep, right? And then he also uh, delineates the sheep as well in a, in a way um, of differentiating uh, their gifts. And, and he distributes See, we have, we, have, we have language that doesn't really fit what really happens, but the language that the Bible gives and that what we use is he distributes among the sheep crowns, blessings, if you will, rewards, these kind of words. Not really sure what all that is, but it's good. <laughs> and he distributes it among the sheep. It's different. And what is the criteria? In Matthew 25, uh, gives a little clue to those, and in fact, there. There, there's a group who were receiving all this stuff, and they were surprised. They say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? Hmm? When did we see, when, and, and when did we feed you, or thirsty, and, you, and gave you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, or clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And he says, those who've done that, those who build relationships, in a way, and served in these capacities, uh, not only are you welcome, but you are distributed crowns and blessings and so forth. The distribution of these blessings in heaven is based upon the relationship that we made on earth. But not just by knowing them, saying, hi, how are you, but in serving one another. That eventually has influence. Influence with the, not only friendship and kindness, but with the blessings of the gospel ultimately being made into disciples in some way. I don't know how all this works, but that is that connection, the relationship. Again, knowing that you're going to be in heaven with your friends and family, loved ones, your spouse, children, that's great, and that's given. But I want to talk about the other kind of relationship that we need to build here is that people you may or may not know, that you may or may not have been influenced by or influenced. Those... God promises to reward people differently. Talking about those who will be populating heaven according to their differing levels of, and get this, the faithfulness of how they live this life, how they lived in this life. Let me say that again. God promises to reward people differently according to the differing levels of faithfulness in how they live in this life. So in many religions, you know, people try to, um, they don't buy this, so they're trying to, you know, make sure they amass everything um, to, their, to afterlife. You know, I think King Tut and the Egyptians tried that. But I think if you still excavate, you, you could get their treasure because it doesn't work. Material stuff doesn't translate into afterlife. No, have you ever seen a U-Haul attached to a hearse? No, nope, doesn't work. I mean, we try, you know. You know, you can have all the investments and material things in this world. It's just not going to translate, all right? But, but you can take your relationships that you have forged and made on this earth to heaven. 
That's what Jesus says. Real interesting. They will be renewed. So how do we live life on earth here? Well, as it reflects heaven, just like Jesus' prayer says. And the answer is, love God and love others. No, nothing special. But let me, again, emphasize this practically. Jesus is asking you, as we think about heaven, and if you believe in all the things the Bible says, you must put a premium quality on relationships that can influence others for Jesus. That's it. That's it. Some of you are at our uh, uh, dear sister Janet's um, funeral yesterday, and some were watching on YouTube, and they were, you know, man, this place was packing, right? <laughs> Never seen this church this packed. You know, there was someone to overflow and people on YouTube, 200 maybe plus people were there. And, and, you know, some of you know Janet well. Some of you are just learning about her. But whether you knew or not, you sit there and you get a sense of her life. And you, you hear that, that the, the breath and the, and, the, and the depth of her influence that she made while she was here on earth, not only with her family, but with other church members and youth and young people and even community church of Little Neck. And again, the reason why we are here at City Church is because of her, you know? So it's like the influence that she had was staggering. And I'm thinking about this message, and all I can say about our sister is that she carries, she may not have much stuff here on earth, but she carries tons of wealth of relationships. And the influence that she had made in this world to heaven and it's going to get translated into a lot of great things. That's what she did. As I think about that, I, I, you know, the Lord reminded me of a woman named Mrs. Henderson. Now, I don't remember too much of my childhood, but uh, growing up in Augusta, Georgia, she was a, a piano teacher. She was about 80 plus years old. For some reason, I remember her, she just loved our family. You know, we we're a bunch of immigrants coming to Georgia, and, and, and she, uh, you know, they were like, uh, I, mean, I don't know how many siblings I got. We got about tons of siblings. <laughs> she, the, she taught us piano, and we'd go to her home, and she had a lot of uh, cats and dogs, and it smelled like cats and dogs, but we didn't care. We were with Miss Henderson, and she would teach us piano, and that's why I can still learn to play chopsticks, okay? <laughs> that's all I know. And then, but, but on Sundays, we would go to Catholic church, uh, maybe infrequently, but she would take us to her church, uh, in the historic downtown Augusta, Georgia, Episcopal Church. Believe it or not, I was in the choir. Speaking of choir, I was in the choir. I don't sing, but, you know, I was in the choir. And, uh, you know, I, I first got a taste of church a little bit, and I remember enjoying it. I'd never been to church, but uh, I remember there was a Coca-Cola machine. Oh, I love that Coca-Cola. Every day, every Sunday, I got free Coca-Cola, and I learned some Bible stuff. But I don't know. Maybe that's the reason why... God called to ministry. I don't know. But all I know is that uh, I forgot all about her until the Lord reminded me. I was not at her funeral. In fact, I left. I didn't think any much of her. But all I know is that if what I'm saying is true, Mrs. Henderson is carrying, she has carried her wealth of influence, at least to my family. In all her sacrificial relationships she made with us. And uh, I know one thing. I get to not only meet Mrs. Henderson, because I still remember her as a kid, and, and all the influence that she had on me, 
and the influence that I get as a pastor to have on you and others, she gets the credit too. Because we're connected through her relationship. Somehow, in her own way, she introduced the gospel of Jesus to me, which sets my trajectory. Even as I think about church, community church at Little Neck here, we have those faithful saints before us. I mean, we don't just get this church because uh, we're awesome. No, it is a tradition. This church has been here over 100 years, right? And, 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 and there were saints who were populated this congregation, not only in the heydays, but as it was declining, they prayed and they served this church, and they prayed that the gospel will continue. And we're going to be, we're connected, <laughs> especially if you're a member of S.C.D. Church and Commission of Love, you're connected. And uh, we can't, I can't wait to see who prayed for us and who are praying for the new people that's going to be coming into salvation through this church. And we're going to be connected. And, 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 and the saints who have gone before us, they carry the wealth of the gospel ministry and this influence they've done into heaven by passing the baton to us, and we're connected. Oh, I can go on and on, but that's a wealth of relationships, guys. That is premium in heaven. That's what we need to work on. Anyway, I got so much, but I'm going to go to points two and three very quickly. I said we live, work, and play in heaven, so we got to do it well here. This is how we live relationship. Point number two, how do we work on earth as it is in heaven? How do we work? You're like, work? I want to retire. <laughs> I'm done. I'm tired of waking up early in the morning, taking a train, blah, blah, blah. I want to rest. Well, let me say this. In Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, not to eat the fruits all the time, but to what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the work. There's a song called Work, 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 Work. Work, Work, Work. <laughs> I always say that. I'm not going to sing it to you, but it's all about working. <laughs> so I don't sing that song. But, but God says, I want you to sing that song because I created you to work and to take care of it. So work actually is a beautiful thing because work began before sin came into this world. Curse, sin came and it cursed work. That's why we hate it. It's hard and it's supposed to be hard, by the way. All right? Um, but, um, but what's interesting is in the new heavens and new earth, in Revelation 22, verse 3, Jesus says this. Again, the book ends. Beginning of work, now is cursed, work is hard. But now the new heavens and the new earth comes. And in, in, in Revelation 22, Jesus says, no longer will there be any curse. Amen. Because what curse was brought in Genesis 3 is taken away uh, uh, when Jesus comes back. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. That's the new heavens and the new earth. And his servants will serve him. His servants will serve him. Those are the ones I'm talking about, you, the citizens who's going to populate heaven. And guess what? Serve is a verb. <laughs> Serve means work, 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 work. They're the people who are active, and they're going to be carrying out the tasks from the throne. All right? And you and I are that. And what is that kind of work? It's not begrudging. It is exciting work. These are work that God is training us in this world to, what, have dominion 
That's what he said. Take dominion, cultivate the earth. Take dominion over animals and plants. Take care of my, my, my creation. And it's the same thing when it happens. Uh, to help him take dominion of his creation. And ruling it for his glory. What kind of work? Maybe there's musicians, cabinet makers, gardeners, artisans. Who knows? All kinds of work that we are doing here, it will be a sort of a reflection of the things that's needed in heaven. But what's interesting about this kind of about work, I don't know if you've thought about this, but there are work that does not exist in heaven. Do you know what they are? Doctors and lawyers. Oops. <laughs> and some of you are doctors and lawyers, so God bless you here on earth. <laughs> that's all we want, right? What do you want to be grow up? Doctor and lawyer? That's great. But in heaven, there is no need for doctors and lawyers. Think about it. If you're a dentist, thank God there's no need of you in heaven. <laughs> police officers, they're heroes here. Well, why do you think police officers are not needed in heaven? Funeral directors, thank God there are no funeral directors anymore. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Think about this. Those are not the jobs that's going to be populated in heaven. And forget about that. But God works even now. He didn't just create. He didn't just work six days a week and then retire. John tells us he continues to work even to this day. So how do you work on earth in light of heaven? And if you're a Christian today, this is what we are working for while we are here on earth. In Matthew 25, verse 21, in, in the parable, uh, this is what Jesus says, because um, these are about talents and so forth. And Jesus says, you did well with your talents. And this is what Jesus says to, to these people. His master said to him, well done and good and faithful servant. The reason why you need to work hard in this world, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have. As long as you're working, if you've done well, and through your work, relationships are built and gospel is being proclaimed, he says, well done. Good and faithful servant. I mean, that is the call that I wish, that I wish for myself and wish for you, that you get as soon as we pass over and go, even get into that temporary heaven, that temporary paradise. Jesus says, welcome. Good and faithful servant. Oh, what a glorious welcome. That's what we're working for. However, here's the rest of the verse. You have been faithful over a little. But Jesus says, I will set you over much. And then he says, enter into the joy of your master. Isn't that nice? What does that mean? This is what I refer to in point one, in your relationships. There is a reward of faithfulness. Some of you, you know, I've heard often, I don't need reward in heaven as long as I do my part. And that's good. That's good. That's a good motive. But guess what? Whether you want reward or not, there is reward. And that's what Jesus says. He says, I will give you much, but that is proportional to how faithful we are when we work here in this world. Isn't that something? What is the reward? To get to the chase is not money. Currency in heaven is very different than on earth. It's not about money. It's not materialism. Reward, again, we don't have language for that. We say crowns, blessing, rewards. It doesn't really tell us what they are, but it's just a description of what reward is. But all I know is that reward is more and more you get access to Jesus, 
to the throne room of God. If you are faithful with little here, then God will give you more responsibilities and work in heaven for you to do. He will allow you more access to his glory and his grace. And then it, when it is worship time, you get to sit in the front pews, which no one wants to sit here. And I understand. We're not God. <laughs> but, but in heaven, you don't want those cheap seats. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to be in the front, but you can't get there until God lets you there. How do you know you're going to get there? You better work here. Work well here. This is what we are working for today, that no matter what industry that you are in, it doesn't matter how much you're getting paid or not getting paid much. The whole point is be faithful. Be faithful in your work. God never said you got to enjoy your work. Amen? <laughs> so think about it. I know it's easy to get unemployment checks. <laughs> you don't want to pull the lever. I get it. But God says, who cares? You're not here to enjoy work. If you do, that's, that's, hey, that's a whole different thing. But he says, be faithful. That's all he says. Day in and day out. Pandemic or not. This is how we are supposed to work. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8, goes down to Manisha to help us understand what work is. Go to the end, you sluggard. <laughs> That's God, not me. I didn't say that. Go to the end. Consider its ways and be wise. It, is no it has no commander, no ruler, overseer, or rule, ruler. Yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. <laughs> the ant mirrors our need for work on earth. And when we do it well, it mirrors our faithful reward work in heaven. And when we do that well, reward is proportional to, the, to the, our faithfulness in how we take our work, whatever we have to do, no matter how big and important stuff you have to do or how trivial your work seems to be, it doesn't matter. It's your faithfulness. Okay, let me do very quickly the third one, and this is the fun part. How do we play on earth as we do in heaven, because you get to play too. You like that? Heaven is not just rest and do nothing. You'll be bored. <laughs> but we get to play. We get to live with one another, have culture and all that. We get to work to develop culture, but we also get to rest and play. How do we play in heaven? Again, in our culture, you know, there's leisure, right? We love leisure, and we need rest. There's arts, music, literature, technology, recreation, sports. Food has become uh, recreation, I think. A lot of good things to enjoy in this world, all right? And we should, and, 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 and just, to, just to say this, we should expect the old earth's social dynamics of recreation, too. All the things that you enjoy right now to be carried over to the new earth. So it is reasonable to understand that. Uh, do you have a picture of this? Show us a picture. I was, we're, well, you know, once in a while, we drive down uh, to, to um, Georgia and back, and when we go to Florida, and, you know, at times, oh, before, you know, remember this? <laughs> there were, there's no, like, coffee stops on I-95 from South Carolina up. And, uh, oh, we were talking. And then, and then 
what exit? I wrote this down. Exit 173, by the way, exit 173 off of I-95, there is a glorious picture of heaven. <laughs> First of all, when you're about to die because you don't have coffee, there's Starbucks, there's Chick-fil-A for lunch. <laughs> and I didn't show you the other one because my camera can only show, but there's Harley Davidson's on the right. The trifecta of play for me, just for me. <laughs> but anyway, in this earth, I get two out of three because I'm not allowed to ride motorcycles. But yeah, I mean, this is silly, but I enjoy these things. I don't know what you enjoy. <laughs> maybe you like Chick-fil-A, maybe you hate Chick-fil-A, but um, in heaven, I want to learn to ride a motorcycle because <laughs> um, I can't here on earth. <laughs> Uh, I would like to learn to fly or maybe fly without electronics or, <laughs> you know, what's interesting is as I think about all this, about play, yeah, you know, I, I used to always think like Matrix. Remember Matrix where um, Neo, he has to learn how to f uh, fly this, this, uh, this military helicopter and he gets downloaded. So in two seconds, oh, I know how to fly. I know how to do Kung Fu. I know how to kick everybody's, you know, anyway, we're good, right? He does all that in two seconds. I'm like, wow, I can't believe, you know, heaven would be like that. But I realize heaven is not like that. You know, it's like um, we always think, uh, you know, let's go play golf, right? And you always get holding one. You know how boring that is? <laughs> let's play baseball. Oh, another home run. Oh, God. You know how boring that is? <laughs> the reason why it's not like that in heaven is because we're not omnipotent, we're not omniscient. We're not omni-anything. In other words, we still are learning knowledge. We still are growing. Think about this. The reason why I say that, because Peter tells us angels, oh my gosh, angels are created, you know, below, I mean, you know, uh, right next to God, and they kind of know a lot of stuff. And they've seen a lot of glorious things that God had done. And yet, Peter tells us, the angels long to look into the gospel. The angels long with anticipation to learn and grow and, and get to the, to the beauty of the glory of God even more. Now, if that is true for the angels, and they still got a lot to learn, I think we are going to continue to learn, grow. Even physically, we're going to learn new skills. Isn't that something? So um, here's another picture. I, I love this. This is how we ought to play on earth. <laughs> Chariots of fire. Eric Little, he's a real guy. And he says, Chariots of fire. You know, God, he writes his letter to his sister Jenny. says, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And then he goes, that ugly smile. <laughs> and then that, the music comes on in the background. And, and it's like, I think that's like that in heaven. Some of you know I like to run. I, I attempted to do 100 miles, and I failed. I gloriously failed because it's hard to do. But maybe I'm, I'll, I'll run 100 in heaven. I don't know. <laughs> but you, start, it, you don't just become superhuman, do whatever you want. It takes time. What, you know, and that's play. Plays, you learn, and you grow, and you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Anyway, conclusion. Yes, we're going to make it. Heaven is a society, it comes down, and, and the reason why I began with Beatitudes is because it's the, the clues, and, and I hope the hope of who belongs in there are the ones who live out these values. 
The church is supposed to live it out. Unfortunately, we don't do it well. But take heart. We can do our best because Christ has done it for us. And, but it will be like that in heaven. Who gets the best rewards? And closer to Jesus uh, is those who live these values. Let me uh, conclude with this illustration. At 10th Presbyterian Church is a very uh, important historic church in Philadelphia. Pastor James Montgomery Boyce passed away. Oh, I love this teacher, theologian, brother. He taught me so much. Uh, he tells, of, in one of his books, he tells of a memorable funeral that he conducted. This particular service, funeral service, was like another, none other. After the service and the eulogy, there were, um, the, I mean, the 10th Pres, if you've ever been there in Philadelphia, is a beautiful sort of church. Maybe have about hundreds, maybe close to 1,000 people, packed. And then, outside, there were blocks and blocks of lines, people waiting to give their last respect to this person being honored. And people are wondering, who is this person? Was it a, is it a dignitary? Was it a congressman, senator? Was it a president of a large company? Was it a celebrity? And the answer is no. He was the sexton. You know what a sexton is? Janitor, person who works at the church, clean up all our mess. But he had been in that church for decades. And he's just serving the church, loving the people that come in and out. And uh, there were lines and lines of people out there waiting to honor this nobody because he takes into heaven a wealth of relationships. Isn't that something? Oh, gosh. Anyway, that's, that's what's all about. I, we could say so much more. Um, but let me pray. Pastor John, if you can come up and just, just help us to think about what we heard. Let's, um, let me just pray for you. Father, um, you are so gracious and kind and loving, and um, you've um, created a heaven for us. And it's, not, it's just not for good people. It's for people who love you and that you love and people you redeemed. And I do pray, uh, Lord, that you call us and, and uh, not only take us to heaven, but while we're here on earth, <clears throat> help us to live well here. Help us to build community, build relationships. Help us to do things that count in eternity. I thank you for the series that we've gone through. And I do pray that it will have some effect on us so that it will change us here on earth how to live well. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for heaven. And thank you that it is a reality. In Jesus' name we pray.